What is that? You know what it is. Tequila. It's mezcal. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to convince you that this mezcal is better. Than the Blanca? Yeah, it's that Anejo, but it's Agave Azul. Oh, okay. So this is like really small batch. So the, I think, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but this is the way you are supposed to take it. Like you, I would take half of it and then bite into the orange a little bit. Okay. Here, I'll turn this down so you're not like, if the volume's really high, all you can hear is your voice, right? Yep. Here, you can give me the shitty orange. No. Here you go. All right. Should we sip it or just throw it back? Um, I think I think it's a sipper because it's so strong, so like. What do you think? A little bit better? It's got that nice afterglow. It's not your Burns. flavor. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to enjoy it, though. Appreciate it. Just imagine you're, like, in Mexico on a horse with, like, your skirt in the wind. No? <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's... It isn't overly, like, strong. It's just... Um, it's kind of like whiskey tequila. Kind of like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminds me of. Oh, man. Uncomfortable? Um. <coughs> no. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> how, and I'm, I know you, we kind of make fun of how I was in the house growing up, but, like, can you describe me? Like what I'm like as a daughter, <laughs> like then or na- and now, yeah, or whatever like... in whatever words that you feel. Because <clears throat> I was so special. You were special. I mean, I always remember you with so much um, just exuberance and joy, and I was always like smiling, or smiling, crying. and so excited and extreme and loved. <clears throat> And loved um, just getting involved in things, throwing yourself in 100%. I still remember you in the backyard on these tubs we would turn over and with your friends. And we'd put the music on and you would dance and dance. And it's just, it was just a freedom. Isn't it weird how that full circles? Yes. (laughs) Because I would always like invite my friends over. And I remember I would like lay out Britney Spears lyrics get dressed up and I was very um like I remember with Shelby and Brittany if their favorite color wasn't pink like mine I would like be really upset about it yeah (laughs) because you always whatever you felt a hundred percent about it was you know you wanted everyone to understand it that way and you were so passionate about it and you went all in like you would lay out the clothes and you wanted all the colors to work and you wanted it to you know you were so invested and what about like when I dressed for school so when you dressed for school um at a very early age it was so funny to me because you would go to school and you didn't want to like copy what other people wore you would go pick out clothes and you were very adamant about what you liked and didn't liked and you would get really offended and come home I remember one day so angry because you had been to school in your Mary Kate and Ashley jeans and your outfit, a whole I think ensemble. It was Lizzie McGuire because they sold it at Kohl's. 
It might have been that, or it was Walmart, Mary Kate, and Ashley. <laughs> it was one of the two, you know, high end yeah. purchase. And you were like so angry. And when you were, and you still are, I think you express your emotions there. You wear them. Um, well, now if like <clears throat> if someone copies me instead, it's turned into okay. Like what I'm wearing, I'll sell it to you. Right. So you took this <laughs> thing that really just drove you crazy, yeah. and I kept saying, "Why don't you just consider it a compliment?" And you always would say to me, "Because it's mine." Like you wanted that individuality. That individuality. When so many young girls in third, fourth grade and second they just want to all fit in and it's so different than I am I never wanted that much attention I wasn't mm-hmm. comfortable and you really were comfortable with owning that and I saw Even that like in preschool yeah you you went to preschool <laughs> and because I was had a background in preschool education I was very open to you being yourself and you wanted to wear your white cowboy boots with your fancy dress up gowns pretty much every day it could have been pajamas that looked like a princess but always those boots and I think we got them at like a thrift shop but really? you wore them all the year you were four and five it was just all I you remember ever wanted to we wear. always went to like a once upon a child like yeah. we were still doing like second hand shopping a lot yeah because I mean we'd find these treasures and yeah. it was just then I could go in there and you could find your own treasures and it wasn't that expensive and I you know at that age Kids tend to lose interest, but you always knew what you wanted. And I thought, what a great thing at age four to be able to wear what you want to school. I know. And you don't get that much in your life. So let's embrace that when you're four and five. I'm going to just test that pretty voice. I hope I do. You really do. I feel like it's kind of low. Mine does too, but when I get excited, it gets gets higher. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what do you, like, I always felt like we were lower middle class like for some reason I f- maybe because my friends were like upper middle class that I felt uh, I don't want to say poor but like I always um I guess that's mm-hmm. where it comes where I always wanted more Maybe yeah I, burp. Just I think it was <laughs> um but like when we'd have kids over and stuff, I didn't feel embarrassed, but I, I don't know what it is. Like, how would you describe our financials growing up? No, I think you're right in the sense that we were, I was working sort of um, be even having an education degree. I was trying to be home um, during when, dad was when your dad was work was working. And so we did have, we probably were in that range. Um, your dad was not much for spending money on like extras. He was more of a saver. And I would look around the neighborhood and, you know, they'd be all be getting new play sets and all these yard equipment. And he just wanted to build that for you. But it was always something that I couldn't, didn't feel like I could just go out and buy. Maybe you got, you interpreted some of that. Um, I I remember you would like almost sneak me surprises, like wherever (laughs) we went, whether it was McDonald's or Target or something, like you were very um, adamant about like even fast forward to when you were getting tips at your um yeah at the salon or something yeah you would come home like and if you you'd be like I made a twenty today and like we'd go out and get ice cream yeah. and I remember it was um like if there's ever money in your wallet it was like you can just take it and <laughs> do it yeah I definitely um worked with my like I did tutoring on the side and they paid me cash and. I just wanted to be able to do things like that because yeah. I felt like it, it wasn't 
we were careful enough, but we just had a different perspective. So, but I was still really happy, like growing yeah. up, like it, like with what the circumstances were. Like we were always playing yeah. in the neighborhood. But I remember I had like my Barbie car, and why was Dad so? Um, why did he not like it to just take up space? I have no idea. Um, yeah, maybe it was just con- maybe. I don't know what it was, but he was like, "I'll give you." Five dollars if I can throw it away or something Probably. ridiculous, and I took the money. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah I think. But I love that car. I awesome. know, and you had um, Matt had a little like a little Tykes car, the one with the, yeah. the bubble. You love that. Um, but I know? had a best friend that I was really protective of. Yep. And um, I'm just, I did. You put me in ballet. Put you in ballet, dance. tap. Um, you did a little bit of soccer. You. Um, but you loved all that. I mean, you didn't, I wouldn't say you loved ballet. You were four, Yeah. but you, you liked dressing up and kind of playing and, and then you evolved into really liking that dancing aspect. Well, you put me, me and, um, my brother in gymnastics. Yeah. And, and that was really, that's where like you realize like this girl's strong. Yeah, you were, you did, you actually were a really good swimmer. You did swim team and I wanted you to have some just activities that were carefree as a child. I didn't really want you to be indoors or, you know, if I could make it relate because you didn't have those opportunities. No, I think it's because I did. I had a really carefree, I rode my bike to a pool. I was on swim team. Mm -hmm. I did some of that and I did dance and I just got to be a part of some very easy things. I just wanted y'all to not have to be little adults. I wanted you to play and have that opportunity. So I kind of, took money from here, put it there. And, you know, we made that work and you thrived with all of that. You're very social. I mean, I was a really, really happy. You were really happy. Little little girl, but uh, tell them about my tantrums. (laughs) So you were, for I would say for 95% of the time, you were pretty easygoing. You were just giggly and sweet. You were such a sweet baby. You would just grin all the time. But probably by two, you had the typical tantrums. And when you had them... They were like your head was spinning around in your body. Like I remember we were headed out one Sunday morning and you did not, you were not going to have it that we were going to church that day or wherever we were going. And I remember you're dropping your dad and your brother off somewhere. And we, I remember thinking, and you literally had taken all your clothes off in your car seat, except your diaper, screaming the whole time. Uh, like just com- exorcism. Like an, like an exorcism. <laughs> and you just, I mean, it was, you were off the chart and I took you by the horses where we lived. Yeah, they always awesome. calmed you and just got you out. Well, I feel like now if I don't get my way, I would, I mean, like think about when I got my, the DUI and my friend was like, you need to stall the cops mm-hmm. so they don't. When you blow, you don't blow so high. So I'm in the back of the cop car and I took, I took off my clothes. And, yep, once again. And had a panic attack <laughs> thinking I could get my way. <laughs> yeah, you were never like, it was like, I think I was so shy to upset people around me. And I marveled at this, where you would just go to another place. You did that that time when you were telling me about that. And you were like, I think they had you in a cell and you were like, Throwing your hair in the toilet yeah, and just, just like, uh, and I'm, what extreme can I go yeah, to to like, get out of the situation I don't want to be in? Which is so different from me, um, but it's taught me a lot. And it was hard for me like to understand what you needed. I mean, but once I kind of, once you got calmed down, you know, it, these like, were, it was gone. And 
Um, you, you know, it wasn't like anger. It was, it was anger, maybe frustration. Yeah. Like the time, there was a time when you got so mad at me that you took your little tutu from dance and you cut up all the tool, the tool that was on it. I can still like put myself in that memory. It's so, yeah. And you just laid it all at my door. But I I feel like that's (laughs) like a a Scorpio thing, like with grudges and intense anger. You're like, what can I do to hurt this person the most? Cause I would always rip up pictures of my family in half and just (laughs) give them to them. Yeah. With a look on your face of just watching my reaction to it. So I do think that's the Scorpio in you. Well, even with friends in middle school, if they turned on me, I was like, cut them out. I just learned that was the best way I could cope. Yeah. And I don't think you ever, it was always you responding. I don't think you were never an agitator. You were fair. You were kind and things happened like all kids have that were difficult and hard for you. And you were treated unfairly by a couple girls who bullied you. I think you went into situations with a confidence that a lot of girls didn't have. And they resented that. You didn't try to fit in with everyone. You kind of did your thing and it bothered. Well, I I never picked out friends that were followers. I always like going into my, um, what is it? What's the age before being a teenager? Like the preteen time? What a pre, there's a, I don't know what the word is, but, um, I always, in that time I had this huge desire to like grow up and, you know, watching like people like Paris Hilton and all these singers and stuff. I always, I enjoyed having friends that wanted to experience life in that way with me. So I never had like follower friends. So I think having some, um, girls on my level, it was almost competitive. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. So having that type of friend who spoke their mind with me, you know, it was just a bad mixture you know, yeah. now I have friends that are a lot more like nurturing and caring because I realized I am a little bit more sensitive than I want to admit. Yeah. And I, I just wanted you to have that friend that was kind of there for you through thick and thin yeah. and you didn't stuck up for me too. I mean, I, yeah, like it hurt me because I mean, every parent sees their kid as a certain way and you think, oh, I'm, I can't see clearly, but I really felt like things happened because people just responded to your energy and they reacted and they were competitive and you mm-hmm. you always had a really sweet heart you were so kind and like we had these four these quads that lived across the street mm-hmm. from us and babysat you babysat them and you just nurtured them and your love for animals I mean con- constantly through your life we've <laughs> been bringing in animals that needed homes and you've always had yeah. just a heart for I mean you have a sensitivity I mean, I remember bringing home the kindergarten guinea pig because they would, like, each kid would get to take it home, and it was named Jack. So then I was like, yeah. I want a guinea pig so bad, and then we named that one Jack. And yeah. when it passed away, we got it. I felt like every guinea pig was named Jack. Yeah, true. I mean, we went through a lot of animals that entered and left, mm-hmm. and it was always there was tons that we had iguanas and fish. Yeah, and it was just crazy in Cats that house. And the- well. Yeah. I want to take a half shot for this because okay. obviously, <clears throat> you know, you and dad divorced when I was nine. And I feel like that, is that good enough? Yeah, plenty. I feel like that was the, the biggest shift in my life that affected my personality. It's the biggest blessing in my life. But I mean, yeah. you had mentioned that like teachers told you that I was withdrawing just like any child would. 
Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> you were eight, and your second grade teacher wrote me a note. Your dad had moved out, and we didn't tell anybody. Miss Fletcher. Miss Fletcher. And we didn't, it's January, we didn't <clears throat> mention it, and she sent me a note home saying, is everything okay? Anna seems really sad, and it's hard, it's hard because I see it in your photos, and I could go back and look at it. She just said, she just doesn't look the same in her eyes. Your, um... And I, it broke my heart because it was such a shock for you. And even though your dad... And I didn't understand you, it because, yeah. I mean, he he made it seem like it was just a break. And I and obviously, as a child, you don't want someone that young to know right, what's right. going on. And you're protecting them. And so it was a very weird perspective for me because I'm just watching everyone around me and... You know, Matt wasn't, my brother wasn't um, taking it very well. So I saw a lot of anger from him. I saw a lot of anger from dad and I saw a lot of sadness from you. So that became my new normal. And I always, um, I mention a lot that kids who come from traumatic childhoods, it makes them stronger as an adult because if, you know, you don't react so negatively to trauma, if it's all you know and you know how to be strong and uh, it really... I mean, yes, I I wish things were more happy-go-lucky, but at the same time, it made me appreciate when those happy moments came. But I think entering middle school and having, you know, a dad absent and not saying you were absent, but you had to get a job and you had to work. Um, So it then it was like, all right, the road is set for me to explore who I am and not have I don't, I don't want to say like I wasn't parented because I was, but I felt like I was having a parent myself without me knowing that I was. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it changed the whole way your day went from a stability that you had. Um, I think the loss of, even if you didn't see your dad as much, that, that figure who you gave you, you, know, you sat on his lap, just re- related yeah. to you differently than a mom was a real hard thing to lose. And you're right. Like it was a shock and it, it wasn't expected and you didn't see a lot of trauma in the house. I don't think prior to that. So you were like, what is happening? Um, and I was gone more. I had, I went back to school and I had to think of other ways I could make things okay for y'all and provide for you. And it did take me away. And I felt like that did change your path. For sure. Well, you had to be a, a dad too, so you had to lay the hammer down more than you wanted to, I'm sure. And I probably, you know, was exhausted from all of it too, that I let some things go. I tried to stay on top of, you know, the things. But when you're in middle school, starting in Matthews in high school, so much is happening and, you know. And, and, but, and you were so busy, I mean, between his friends, my friends, the neighborhood. I mean, you went to school and I, I've told you, I mean, just watching you study for those exams and yeah. how mean the other girls were to you. And when you went to college and you, me watching you go to school and you were working for your dad and you were like doing yeah. teaching stuff on the side and probably something else. And that was okay. That's normal then. So when I True. turned 14, I was like, okay, it's time for me to get a job. It's time for me to be like True. my mom. And if she, if she can do it, you know, me being competitive, I was like, you know, I'm going to save That's all so my money. And so when I was 14, I was yeah. at Smoothie King. Yep. I was working at the tanning salon. I was helping at the dance studio. 
So I would literally wake up, go to school. And getting like a 4.0 at school. <laughs> and helping kids like they couldn't do Spanish. Yeah. And I was, you know, leaving early as a nurse. But every minute was because that's what I saw from you. Well, you that's know? a compliment. I mean, I, I know it took me out of your day. And, you know, that's the worry at mm-hmm. that age because that's when kids start doing things. You you know, and you were like, it's funny, you, t- was it? Uh, it was such a push and pull for me. Yeah, because you I were wanted, so responsible and you were yeah. so hardworking, but, you know. But I had a desire. I, I always feel like I, it's like in my belly, like that uh, root chakra. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like there was something controlling my root chakra the moment. I started growing boobs that was just pulling me always. And obviously you don't want your daughter being sexual young at a young age, but I felt like that pull just even now in my life, like it, it's my intuition almost. So I had friends, I was drawn to friends that also had that pull. Yeah. So when I met Jessica in middle school, I remember going on vacation with her and having my first sip of alcohol. It was, um, Grey Goose. Oh my god! <laughs> and we were hanging out in the in her jacuzzi and just got <sighs> naked and took a very silly, not even attractive picture on oh when cell phones first came yeah. out. And um, I think it was like months later at a soccer game. Yeah. One we were in eighth grade then, I think. And one of the no, we were in seventh grade, and one of the sixth graders like stole her phone. And then, you know, because at the soccer games, you're not even watching soccer. You're, like, running around the school, hanging right. out. And so this kid steals her phone and then comes back to give it to her and is showing her a picture of me yeah, naked on vacation with her with, like, a red party cup on my boob. Because I was like, oh, the cup can stick to my boob. Like, how funny. And before he gave the phone back to her, he sent it to all his friends. Yeah. And I was mortified. Yeah. So mortified. So the next, literally the next day at school, I walk in and so, I don't know how I found out, but it was clear that everyone had the picture. Right. Teachers saw it. Yeah. And they called me straight to the office. There was a police officer there and they were like, this is literally distribution of child pornography and just shaming me left and right. Like not even asking my side of the story. And then they called you. And, and then I came in. Mama bear mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it was horrible. And it was such an abuse. And you were vulnerable. And you were also a cheerleader. And they pulled you, like, I think that had to do with your ability. Like, everything. Everything. They and they were punishing you. And you didn't have anything to do with it. Threatened and, me to send me to another school. and right. I, But it was the first time I saw in your eyes how it, like, it was protectiveness on another level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we worked we worked that out. You were not. Well, I realized, okay, having a 4.0 is my advantage. And I realized then I can kind of get away with everything if I'm responsible. Yeah. And you were responsible, <laughs> polite. You you were very easy with the teachers. I mean. Yeah. But yeah. I had teachers come up to me at school and tell me how disappointed they were in me. It was terrible. And then there was um, the science teacher who yeah. sexually, like, spoke about me to other students after seeing that picture and you even went to the school and told them once or two times they didn't do anything other girls came forward and it was I mean that's still like yeah makes me feel so icky yeah I know I mean it felt like a lot of things were happening and you were constantly pulled into situations that weren't fair and I felt like I was fighting and it made me 
I mean, nothing made it just feel like it didn't stop after that. It was like a tornado of I just I felt like a target, whether it was from girls or from guys. Well, that whole thing, you know, as much as I said, this isn't you didn't send this, you know, you didn't. This is if you're going to follow these rules, like it's like revenge porn. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. And, you know, I actually I thought Jessica had sent it to a boy. Probably. She was vicious. She was vicious. And I wanted to get you out of those situations because, I mean, as a mom, you're like, this is not going to end well. Yeah, you didn't support our friendship at all. I felt like she was. I could tell, you know. and But I do think that's interesting because I used to joke and say, you know, if you put your daughter in cheerleading and dance classes and they get dressed up and put makeup on and they tease their hair and they look like they're sexy women, what's the next natural expression of that when they get out of high school and they're used to that attention and they're used to feeling that way is like a strip club. Like what's the next thing for well, these girls like to do? it's like a high because you're a kid and you're like, oh, my value is based on how I look. Yeah. So the more I look exciting for people, the more I, it's like power, but you don't know it's power yet. Right. And then I always joke, like, and then you get older and you try to capitalize on that and then you get shamed for it. <laughs> right. But then you add in a, do- a girl and it's just the theory is that girls with fathers that aren't there are going to be trying to fill a void, which yeah. you clearly it, were. It's, I mean, obviously psychologically feels yeah. good because you're not getting that. And you're like, oh my God, this feels so it good. It feels good. It's not the same, but it's attention from men. So I think, you know, I always kind of thought in my head, you know, I just want to watch her. Because if she's needing that attention, she's not getting it from males in her family that are safe. You know, she's pretty. She's already learned how to be up on I mean, stage I, and get attention. I looked so much older. I mean, my, I had double Ds. In your, yeah. I mean, I think your body looked older, but you had such a, a, a pretty face that looked innocent that there's that dichotomy. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because you think, I really wanted to give you the confidence to dance and express yourself but it is there's a darker side to that do you regret that no because i mean i think i think you would have had found avenues to get attention from men because you didn't have your dad there the way you know you felt issues with him um do you feel like you could have prevented that more in a way or do you feel like you did the best you could i feel like i did the best i could if i had you know if i could have Put alarms on the doors, the you windows. Did, oh. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I did. I think it went the last house, but I should have had them. On I remember the you bought one. And I, threw I it did away. because you. I was like, I come in. I had a shift. I was a nurse. I had to get up at five, and I go to sleep. And I, you would be like, I'm studying, and I'll say all that. And then I come, you know. Then you find out they're sneaking out, and it's just as a girl who's 16, I know that the things that are not safe for you. You thought. You could have handled anything. You are so still do do, tiny little pint of energy. And I would say, Anna, if two guys grab you, you can't like if if there's and you were smart, but I mean they put something in your drink. I mean you were smart, but you were I didn't know where you were going. I found out later, and I just wish I could have protected you from some of that. You're just lucky that you didn't end up in a situation that you didn't have control over because you were in places that were risky, and because of your personality. And I could just see you <clears throat> walking out in a huff. I'm still a little aloof. Yeah. So, and, you know, I always was feeling like you were more vulnerable because <clears throat> you're smaller and you just could have been picked up and carried somewhere. So I don't regret you getting to experience those things because they really made you happy and it was purposeful. Right. 
coming circling back but do you feel being raised I mean would you call we were like a hardcore Christian family no I would say just I mean we read the Bible every night I probably read you some stories before bed um I think that was Sunday church Wednesday church (laughs) for a bit and I thought that was helpful I mean you had some experiences um like going to the mountains for camp in the summer yeah, that were good. Cool. And I wanted to give you that kind of stability, but I think you're also kind of angry too. And I was you know, angry that we'd gone through some of the things we'd gone through. And I think that's what made me real stop kind of believing in that aspect. But mm-hmm. you taught me to wait till marriage as you did. Mm-hmm. And that always was a very very important thing to me and when Matt kind of expressed to me that he wasn't going to do it that way it broke my heart like Mm -hmm. because I thought we were all into this together and then I just got really confused and I still remember when I got my period and you showed me how to like put a tampon you're like that's where it goes when you do the thing and I was like no Like, I don't want any part of no, this. No, 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 no. But so funny, you know. And then obviously, I hit freaking high school, and we don't have to go into that traumatic experience. I know that was difficult for both of us, but you realized I was really young and with someone older, and you were like, "We're putting this girl on birth control because there's not gonna, we don't want nothing to do with that and I, I think that was really smart and I really appreciate you did that you did that because a lot of parents either don't know or it's not a safe space for them to talk about and I know it was probably life shattering for you um as it's not my proudest moment you know and I didn't really I didn't really have a choice because I wanted that love and I felt like I was getting it and that was the right thing to do so I can't blame myself no and I I think I I, you know, there was no shame in you making that decision. And I think that's what I've realized. And I was working and delivering babies for girls that were 14 and I was no judgment there, you know, and I just thought, you know, I didn't, I didn't want you to be getting pregnant and I didn't want you to be getting hurt. Um, but I did have a conversation with someone important to me that said, you know, you, she's made this decision, so there's no going back. Now you have to help her protect herself. And I, I rose to that occasion. It was difficult for but us. But it was a huge shift for me and you because it became you versus me. And it, I was like, this is my life. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with me living my life. And yeah. I still felt if I can get a job, get a car, have a 4.0, I can do whatever. I can literally do whatever I want if like, like it literally taught me how to lie and be smart. And I know that's kind of vicious and really shitty for you as a mom, but I couldn't control that. It was like, I, I mean, looking back now, I was like, good gosh. Like, <laughs> I mean, go, I was going to like college parties in high school. I know. And I mean, I didn't know, but I felt there was that shift. It was a very difficult time for period for us take my phone and then I'd go walk to a gas station (laughs) and buy a disposable phone it was like you'd been fairly easy except for moments but it was like it was inside of you and you and you were angry and you couldn't control it you didn't want to talk to me we just lost a lot of our connection and I was kind of doing you were still kind of babying me which I hated and Matt was off the chart doing 
craziness. So I was kind of like, he can get away with everything. Like, let me push to my limit. And it, it still kind of bothers me to this day that I would get like good grades and not get as rewarded as, as he would as getting like a C. So I just kind of. You felt that way? I guess I didn't. I felt like. It was so just funny like cause... every small victory he got was a huge victory. And I well, was expected true. to do so well. And I think it's funny because he would probably say that I re- rewarded you so much mm-hmm. because you did do well and you deserved to get rewards and you got to do activities. And, yeah. and, but I think I can understand how it would feel that way to you. And I became more of a, you know, someone who was blocking what you wanted well, you were like a um, like a security guard. Yeah, and I was forced to do it for two of you, and I was doing it by myself, so it was hard, and I yeah. was exhausted. And that's what happens with single mom, moms and dads. They just, like, and they're trying to work, and, I mean, your life feels a little bit um, crazy and out of control. And yeah. I think I also had kind of depended on you as the one I could count on to yeah. kind of, because you were... I'm sorry. Well, no, no, it was, it's not like I should have, I just depended on who you were at the yeah. time, but you, you know, you went through high school and you were changing. So it's, it's not unexpected. It was just, um, it was a difficult yeah. time for us. We were not enjoying each other as much as we had well, before. Because of the choices I made, you were like, I'm going to put this girl in a little Christian school. And the last portion of my high school years were at a school where there was minimal hours to go there was more opportunity to get in trouble because I had more time. The school was like 8 to 12, Monday to Thursday. Yeah, which I thought was a smaller environment and it was going to be an easier place because you were getting a lot of attention in, in ninth grade from seniors. Yeah. And <clears throat> I couldn't, I felt like we were going to go down a bad slope. Yeah. You also weren't really getting challenged and in the good classes because you were really, really smart. And this seemed like a good place to give you individual mm-hmm. opportunities and you seemed happy and had met. And, and I wasn't. It was a better environment for sure. For but everyone. it just exu- it exaggerated that feeling of, okay, I have to put on this act, especially at school. Um, yeah. You I mean, know, and it made me desire to see what I could get away with, you know. So I was hanging out with the girls in the older grade, going to parties at night and then going to school in the morning. I mean, I literally got... My first tattoo in high school, and I got it on my foot to hide it from you. And I was, it was like a high, like what I just, I wanted to get all of my, um, I wanted to get in trouble as much as I could because I knew I could get away with it before I was 18. I pushed the limit. Yeah, I just wanted to learn from all my mistakes. So then when I was 18, I would be like the master adult, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and you were smart enough and organized enough to do it. I mean, that's the thing. You could keep it all together. And, I mean. So then I obviously got my DUI and they kicked me out of school. And I know that was heartbreaking for you because, again, you tried your best to, like. It was just, like, all in one month, like, all this stuff happened to you. And I, I think it also, I've always been a person that, like, I know there are people, like, at the school. It was not the kind of spiritual environment I would have ascribed to is very much, um, kind of backwards spirituality, kind of just judgmental. I, I really believe that people deserve to be forgiven and should give forgiveness. And that's a big part of what I wanted to teach y'all. They did not do that in the school and it was very hypocritical. So when this happened to you and I found out that the headmaster is like, 
trolling through all the police reports, you know, basically yeah. looking for her students. We thought we could hide it. I mean, when it happened... We hid it from everybody. We hid it. And I and it was like April. So you had your graduation stuff. You're going to graduate yeah. a year early. I mean, it really was meaningful what you'd achieved. You were going on this trip to help people in another country. You'd yeah. raised money. And they, the uh, the way they yanked you out, it was just heartbreaking. And you know, and I and knew you were sorry. And your you sister know. went to the school and tried to fight about it. And, it. and it was like I really had no control. And I don't I, – I really, like, emotionally withdrew from that situation because I don't remember it too much. I yeah. was almost, like, excited I didn't have to go to school. Well, we went and we made a plea that you could at least go on this trip you'd raised money for to help people in another country and you it would have been good for me it would have been good for you we and you gave this you know you talked to the I mean, you had to talk to principals and teachers and it was very shameful what they did yeah. and then they made me feel so right and then i became tough. just i went into my mama bear mode because i was like this is your first thing you've done you're you know this is ridiculous and it was they at least let me finish like let you finish and graduate but it was just so mean spirited and there were other kids you know you come to find out that donate lots of money yeah they, and they get, were all smoking pot and, getting caught and not getting expelled yeah. and so because they're on the baseball team yeah so we you know there were moments I look back and I felt sadness for you because it was not fair to have that excessive of a punishment and, and it's I wouldn't say it's traumatic, but not ha- seeing all your friends graduate and, like, getting your your cap and gown mailed to you. Like, right. every time I look at it, it makes me feel, like, sick. It, it made me feel that way. You had a prom dress. Like, they just, they actually, we put together, like, a whole page for the yearbook of really? you, all about you, and every senior graduate had the page. They pulled you out like you did never. I'm sorry. It was heartbreaking for me. So I was furious and I just channeled that into supporting you because, you know, you can't, you have to be about forgiveness when people make mistakes, especially your children. So it wasn't something we couldn't overcome. It just was a lot thrown at you over something that was big, but it's all a teachable thing. Those are all teachable moments that they could have, you could have influenced somebody and helped them and they shamed you. And I'll never forget that. That was, you know... So then the fun part. To the fun part was. (laughs) Do you want to explain? You can explain. (laughs) Which fun part? (laughs) After I was out of school. Yeah. I was still, uh, you met your boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And because there was a period where it was me and you at the condo. Yeah. But then my, me and my best friend were hanging out a lot and I don't, I don't, there was a shift where you moved in with your boyfriend and I was 18. Um, and obviously I was hanging out again with, you know, I didn't go, I wasn't on the way to college. So, but I was still hanging out with kids that age. And, um, a lot of the girls in that circle worked at a strip club and they all just told me like how I can make so much money there and yada yada and one thing led to another and like I tried it one night and I uh, like I loved it because like you said being on stage it, it didn't feel any different yeah and that I could like make money from that it was it took it to a whole nother level I was like I am destined to do this yeah and then what happened hmm I laugh about it now. Don't cry. 
about me getting a phone call that you yeah. were at. <laughs> Just, it's funny. It's well, the thing is. is, I thought, like, we had moved into a place of really, like, adult relationship. Like, all that moodiness was gone. We'd worked through yeah. this together. We'd gotten you through all your... And you were drinking. You were starting your business out of the house. and you, Not yet. You were doing, like, some selling. I was doing, like, Goodwill stuff. Goodwill stuff yeah. and working. And you were really proud of that. Oh, yeah, and we yeah, were, yeah. You're we were right, really, you're right. It was and like I, a... I, that time's very blurred. It me. is blurred because I was working and then I would I started dating because at yeah. that point I you felt like never dated you I wanted to wait till you were through yeah. all of what you needed to be through and so I was kind of testing that out and um going out on some of the weekends and then you'd have friends stay so you weren't really alone and and one of the neighbors called and said you know I you don't want to hear this um I don't know if it's was true it a neighbor or was it my friend's mom it was your friend's mom oh. who lived down the street and she was like I think someone's she said Anna yeah. might be at a strip club stripping and I was like First you respond and you're like, no, that's mean. That's not my true. But then you're like, okay, what if it is? So I drove across town and, you know, again. To Independence I'm a, Boulevard. Yeah. And I am a very soft-spoken person. I don't like conflict. But the minute I get worried that my kids are in danger or need I'm help. Like turning red. <laughs> it was like I become a different person. And I. So what happened? Parked. I had never even been in a strip club. Like I walked in with my with my picture of you, no, and on my phone, and I was like, "If this girl's here, I am shutting you down." And I'm gonna walk in the back, and she's underage. She's you are 16. Oh. You weren't even 16, probably. You're probably 15. I no, because I wasn't in school. Well, you finished. I was, it was 17. Was, well, you can't do it. You have to be 18, right? Well, I had a fake ID. I know. You know. I knew later. But, but I w- the worst part was walking through that club. It was very so sad. So you got through the door. Got through the door. They didn't stop me. I was moving. I went, took a span, the whole thing, or scanned it. And um, you weren't there. Thank God. And maybe you had been there. I can't remember. It was so upsetting. Did you well, know I was headed there? I was in the locker room, and oh the manager came, ran in there oh. and was like, is your name Anna? And I was oh, like, my heart dropped because, like, obviously I was Shannon. <laughs> and he was like, well, someone is claiming to be your mother at the front saying you're underage and she's pointing out what tattoos you have. Oh, I did. And I was just like, he saw the look in my eyes and he grabbed me, took me in his office. He slammed the door, locked it and was like, you stay here till she leaves. Cause obviously it would have come down on him. So once you left, he was like, go home, like never come back here again. Wow. Uh huh. <laughs> and I was heartbroken. And I, I don't know what happened. Like, I literally don't know what happened. I don't. Cause I had to face you. Yeah, but I didn't but you, think you, you were, I wasn't there. You okay. weren't. I didn't think you were there, and you just came in. I'm sweating. I'm too, because <laughs> it was like I went into this um, alternate personality, and now I remember. I'm, I'm like, so she has a tattoo sorry. here. Yeah, and I just. I'm so sorry. I mean, I know we've talked about it a lot. Oh yeah, but... no. I mean, it's all, it's all stuff you learn from, and I, you know, I'm just grateful you aren't a girl that got picked up and taken across. Well, state lines. I know. All the things fast that... forward a little bit because all in all, when I talk to my followers and stuff, I really pride on what the strip club taught me. I mean, maybe not at that age, but obviously months or a year went by and Oh wow went by. We... I went to another club. Oh. Yeah. Which I don't I mean I we didn't really talk about it because I know it was a soft spot for you. 
but that's probably how I made enough money to start my business. Well, we talked about it before you moved from Charlotte. We had like a conversation and you you did tell me. Yeah. Because I needed to get that off my chest. Yeah. And I was really like, tried to be open to hearing what you said. And what I remember was that you said it was the only way I, I really felt like I had power and I was smart and I would do this and I would pick the men that were the safest, that were the older men that w- weren't interested in trying to like see me on the side. I, yeah. And I did this and it made me feel empowered and strong and it got gave me what I needed at the time. And there is such a stigma that only girls there go there to like have sex with people, but there are women, it's a job, you know, and I know you don't want to hear about your daughter taking off her top, but... It honestly, looking back on my life, when I like have dreams that I'm dancing, I don't want to wake up because it it was one of the happiest Mm -hmm. times in my life because there's nowhere else in the world you get to do that. And just like, it's that thing in me, that fire. It was, it was like you walk into that club and you can be whoever you want to be. And it's just like the lights and the music and you just walk around and you can just say no thank you to anyone. And then you leave the club. I mean... I made, I think the night I made $2,000, you know, and you're like 18 or 19 yeah. and it's just, you're, you're like, I, I don't have to go to school. I don't have to get a job. Like you, you almost feel better than everyone. You walk around and it's, 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 you feel like you can do whatever you want and that's all I've wanted. And I felt right. like I reached my peak. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't, I, I mean, what I look at you when you say that and what we talked about was I'm amazed and I'm impressed with your presence of mind in the moment for getting what you needed and figuring out a way to do it for being able to alter like you know have a different personality when you want to and being comfortable with that I think that's where my characters started to form and yeah I think being around girls who were not serious about it really like they were drinking and just spending all their money and I was like just like back in high school, like I'm going to use this to my advantage now. I'm going to get ahead. And then when I'm 21, I can just buy all the things I want from Goodwill and make all the money. Yeah. I think you were really driven. Like you weren't, you probably had some pain pain that it came from, but you had a goal and you always had a goal and it got you to a goal faster than other things, Mm -hmm. but it didn't change who you were when you walked out. Like it wasn't a whole, it wasn't, it it wasn't like, I don't have post-traumatic stress from it. It's all, love and I and I couldn't have had that strength without you I mean whatever strength you have passed on to me to do that wow I think there's a lot Mm of you know blessings and things that followed you and you know you I feel like you had some protection because you certainly were noticed and I Mm -hmm. feel like you know I'm so grateful that you did have that moment where you had to stop when you got the DUI and you had to go into some therapy, which I had really tried to get you in the whole time you were processing the divorce and you adamantly, those were your moments of, I am not doing this. I'm not talking to anyone. So you didn't want to do that. And this DUI got you into a situation where you had to have some talk about your feelings. So after the DUI, I was in drug class and that's where I really resolved a lot of the trauma. Surprisingly, because you didn't think you'd get anything. Well, it was like school. I was like, I can master this. Yeah. And I think that's, it set set me off in a whole nother playing field because like trauma was stitched up. 
sexual power was at a high. Yeah. And that was, that to me, that was a peak. I mean, a lot of people would say now's my peak, but without that, I wouldn't be where I am now. No, and you took it seriously. You were <clears throat> like, I will never have this happen again. Like some kids take drinking and driving, you know, not very seriously because yeah. they're young. But you were like, this is not going to be my path. You, you made the most out of that year where you couldn't drive and you had, and you worked so hard from home and I was, and you well, had, you, yeah, you saw, you saw that in me and I, we built a loving relationship. Yeah. And I wanted to support that in you. I've, I mean, I've never, ever wanted, like, I just believe in forgiveness. Unconditional love. Yeah. So then, uh, the cupcakes happened and yeah. then the business started booming. And I mean, <clears throat> you were my biggest fan from the gate. Yeah. You still are. And, you know, it's, then I got a nice car, bought my first house. Like I was really just making these monumental moments and really proving to everyone, like, I do not have to go to college. Like I am going to take this weird route that I have and it turned into, um, e-commerce and I stopped the go-go dancing group and it was just one project after another. I would excel until I burnt out, moved to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And the online business just stuck because it kept growing and growing. And I was like, how far can I take it? And you adapted. like, And you were always smart about when this thing ended. It wasn't emotional for you. It was like, I'm moving. How can I transition? Yeah, to the next thing. always transition. Yeah, and I was thinking how remarkable because I tend to be, I hold on to things that feel good. And you were like. Relentless. Yeah. And you were like, this is ending. And this is a good thing. And I just loved watching you grow. And I thought, I agreed with you. Like when you need to go to school for classes that will help educate you, but you on the side were learning your tax law stuff and how yeah. to how to save and and how to organize better and how to, you know, like you were just learning the things I feel like you would learn, but you had yeah, real world real experience. Real experience. Yeah. And people were coming to you, girls that had been in school saying, yeah. can I just work for you? Because I've graduated in business and I don't know a thing about like what to do. Do you... Were you upset that I didn't want to go to school? Cause no, because you applied and, and because of your your silly high schools, um, the way they named the classes, you didn't yeah. get into Wilmington because of one class that was, <clears throat> and we could, you know, they made, they said you were going to have to retake it. it. And it just, it was like that opened the door for you to throw so, yourself yeah. in. But I think it was sad it was because you wanted it. And I think yeah. you would have gone to school and you would have done really well because you learn you're a book learning girl, you can adapt and you're smart and you'd like the challenge. And I think you were hoping for like an environment where you could be like carefree a little bit, but, um, I don't know. I think the world's changed a lot and doesn't necessarily mean, you know what you want when you go to school. And I feel like for you, it'd be valuable to go later, but I don't even know that you need that. Now you've learned so much. You just taken that upon yourself. So where, like, where would you say I'm at now? Oh, I mean, I am so proud of you and I just marvel at the way you run your business so well. You're continuing to change as the needs change, but then you're also really wanting to have relationships with the people that support you, your business. You do book clubs and you are really like honest and intimate with sharing parts of yourself that you hope will help, um, you know, girls not go through some of the things, or at least they can say, oh, this is someone that understands me or the things I don't want to tell people like you're so honest and vulnerable and that's just that's just so gutsy um I couldn't be more proud of that because I I'm so different in that way Mm -hmm. but I love to take care of people as a nurse I love to have you know to just 
do everything I can to take care of a person and nurture them. And you're doing that from, you know, the, the pedestal you have and you have made a difference in people's lives. I know. And you like the detail with which you put up, like all the things you get from people, their pictures, their comments, when they send you back, like them in an outfit or something they love that they receive. It just, it's so personal to you. And I think people feel that and it's, you know, you get to see this behind the scenes side. A lot of people don't get to see how hard you work, always working and hard to even get your time away. Well, a lot of the reason I want to do this, because a lot of people ask me, like, what does your mom think of all this? Like, because people, I mean, people would say I act pretty slutty on the internet. And that's, I feel like that's just me. Like you've always, I mean, that's just my aura, <laughs> but I know you're supportive, yeah, but there's always sure. like little tiny details that you don't see. Cause I'm always like, don't follow me. You don't want to see me shaking my booty and all this <laughs> stuff. Like I'm sure other girls don't want their mom to see, but I've recently gone like viral on TikTok, which I've told you about. I've kind of showed you some of my videos, but I'm almost at going towards like a million followers. I don't think I've told you that. Wow. No, I didn't know that. And I've created this series called Weird Things I Sell on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what's gotten people so interested. And a lot of people who listen to my podcast want to know how they can. And they're so intrigued. Yeah. And there's something about how I market, um, like, my used clothing and kind of weird things that is just baffles people. But it's so normal to me because when I worked at the strip club – guys would be like, hey, can I buy one of your costumes or <laughs> like, and I was like, whatever, like give me 50 bucks. Yeah. And um, that kind of transition throughout the years after that, I found an online market for that. And it's a yeah. huge industry. Yeah. And I don't like, it's not something I would call you up and talk to you about. And to me, it's completely harmless because it's just like selling anything else right. online. Um, so I kind of found an area of the internet where you know, you probably heard about women selling socks. Have yeah. you? Yeah. Really? <laughs> you told me a little bit. <laughs> well, I was like, Mom, I'm making a little extra money. Like, yeah. I want to, I try to, like, give my family some of the benefits sometimes because you've always supported me. It's the least I can do. Um, but I wanted to test, like, of course, pushing. I wanted to be like, okay, what else can I sell so that I can... TikTok about it, and I just found it really interesting. And I'm never the one to kink shame anybody. Right. I think it's so interesting. So I found a market of people who... (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, I'm just going to say a few things and see how you react. So, like, Q-tips, toenails. Really? (laughs) Spit. (laughs) Really? Trash. Things, uh, you're wow. like what you vacuumed up. Um, there's like a whole market for people who want to feel submissive and powerless. Uh, yeah. yeah. And wow. to me, that's a low investment product with a very high return. So if you could do like a foot package of like your foot wax, your toenails, your socks and sell it for like two or $300. Wow. And there's a market. How Big do you market. feel about that? I think it's so interesting that. I mean, I think there people have fetishes like that, apparently. And but I think it's safe if. But it doesn't feel um, like it would be unsafe for you. It wouldn't put someone else in danger. And I think if people have <clears throat> those fetishes, I don't yeah. know that they're going to go away by. Well, everyone has you not... weird stuff they like. They just either don't talk about it, and I think it like it's like you said, it's a safe way to express that. 
But a lot of my episodes are about how to do that safely. Oh, okay. So how to ship things from a false return address. How to... Because you don't want any contact, right? No, not at all. So um, that's that's why I don't... I'm like, Matt, don't listen to the podcast. And I'm sometimes I'm oh, like, Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's almost like another secret part of me that I thrive because it's secret. Right. But and, I don't... I really embrace all of all of what you are and I'm proud of it and I think you being comfortable with your sexuality is you make me cry it's the best gift that I could see you have and that I could give you is to give you that you and don't say, think I'm a weirdo <laughs> no I think you got to own it and you have it and you know I Sometimes feel it's hard for me to own that because I right but I'm like when I watch you it's taught me as a woman you know, getting married again and just to like embrace certain things and push certain things in me and to feel that freedom in, in your sexuality is a gift. And we didn't even talk about, I mean, obviously I sell toys and adult toys, but, yeah, like, but it's like, so cool we can talk about We can and my friends now. and my, your friends buy my, them. my friends buy them. People are amazed and I'm like, you know, it doesn't, there's no judgment yeah. for that. I think because I, it's, it's all... A part of a bigger picture. Well, now when, like, okay, so I showed you the TikTok about me doing the henna yeah. on my face. So in that video, I'm wiping off the henna with a face wipe. And everyone in the comments is like, you better be selling that face wipe. Like, it's this wow. funny joke. Right. And that's, I just think, I think it's hilarious. So, I do too. Um, yes, the other day, um, my assistant and I were cleaning my stairs and taking off those fuzzy mats. And I was like, can you throw those in the trash? And she was like, Anna, why aren't you going to sell them? She was like, your feet have been on them for three years. Sure. And I was like, that is why I love you. So yes. we TikToked it, found a buyer, and sold all the floor mats for $85. Oh, wow. And then when you get that $85, it's, it's not business income. Because all business income from the stores goes back into the business. Right. This so is it's your- amazing to have this, like, fun pot that you don't feel bad about and not and then from that I'm using that experience to help other girls who don't have a job right now to think about ways they can you know they're because girls just throw away money and I mean I always say like why send your boyfriend nudes if you can get paid for it (laughs) like true and that's how it's funny with sex workers like um women who have sex for money they always joke like you know, you're having sex for free, so don't get mad at me. But I just admire the whole world of it because it's one of the toughest jobs as a woman to have the strength to do. Yes. Um, but I think that the the one thing I, w- I would say is, you know, if, if you're listening and you have a daughter or you are a daughter, like I wanted us to have a relationship where you could like you say to your daughter, you can tell me anything. You can call yeah. me anytime, but it's, is that really what's going to happen? And there were things I didn't tell my mom. I still haven't told her and I couldn't call her for some of those things. And I love her and she, we have a great relationship, but not the vulnerability and the realness of what we have. And I, I felt like when we've shared these things, my heart has been to say, you know, keep it coming, like whatever you need me to know, because I love you. And there should be somebody in your life that you know loves you, no I'm matter just, what. I'm sorry if I put you in a place. Oh my gosh, no. 
I mean, I I still feel like you shouldn't. waves of shame still naturally come to me. And I really wanted to have this conversation with you. And I wanted to push the boundaries a little bit. But I, I know you'd still love me unconditionally. But I don't. I still wonder why I think that you would feel like I'm silly. <laughs> but no, I'm so- it just makes me feel so grateful because we talk re- in a real way about everything. And I've learned so much from you. And who else could you, like we go to yoga classes where we, you know, are twerking, twerking and it's like, and I've seen you blossom so much. Yeah, And that's I, from like, you. That you have. And I just, again, you have to have a place to go in the world that, you know, is all safe for you always. And I think that's a, my role and I gladly, and I'm so grateful that, you know, you're, I can call you my daughter. I, I know. How many times a night do I call you? And I'm like, what is this on my vagina? <laughs> <laughs> we can work it all out. Talk about all of it. Or what do I What do I always call you about where I'm like, am I dying? Yeah. I feel like there's always something. Yeah, but those are... Like you I know, had a little rash on, um, what was it? I had those weird lines on my butt or something weird. I was saying... <laughs> Yeah. And, but you know, you got to have that person that you feel like you can go to with all of that. And I'm so grateful that we have that. And I wouldn't change anything. I mean, I would just change things that caused you pain that I could do differently. Like, I wish I was. But those led me here. So that's, we always, I mean, I think some of the times I was reacting just out of complete ignorance of knowing, like, you know, what to do and being alone doing it as a single parent. Um, but natural. And I wish you'd felt, you know, I hope you felt safe. That was probably my biggest thing. You feeling safe in a house without a father, you know. And it's now that him and I have reconnected. Yeah. I, I am excited for the day that I can share things with him yeah. in, this, in that way. But yeah. I feel like you have the privilege of knowing that first because you were there. Yeah. But I still have a fear that he would abandon me because of the things I've experienced. And I, I don't think he would, but I think any man is a lot more resentful to women who are in, I mean, it is part of the sex industry. I think it's he just comes, industry. he came from a different position and he was, and I advocated for you and I told him what I thought he needed to do when we were, you know, to pursue a relationship with But I'm glad you wanted to reconnect with him. And I encur- and so, I like, knew that you needed that. Like I knew always. it needed to happen. And he would send letters and mail that he didn't want. And I would just keep it because my goal was to help heal you. And he and I are, you know. It's all gravy, baby. Now. It's all gravy now. And, um, and when I get married one day, you guys will both be there. And I think that will be the... I, the cherry on top of my healing is seeing you two in a room again amicably. Amicably. <laughs> Always a teacher. <laughs> amicably. Do you feel like we're a little more connected now? You and me? Oh, I feel like we're just interconnected. I don't think, I mean, it can be closer, but it feels so close to me. I feel I like. I just feel like we haven't, I feel like people don't engage eye contact like this for an hour at a time a lot. So it's, I feel like. My depth is like. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> but this is so not. Yeah, I feel like it's it's so nice because I. You know, I get so moody and like. 
I need my time I to know. fuel up, but it's, I feel like it's so important for us to have this in person. Yes. I crave it. I love it. And Aries woman. I do. And I'm, you know, I'm fiercely on your side. <laughs> the moon has got to you today. <laughs> you know how I am. I cry all the time. That's where you get that, that bit from. Well, I wanted everyone to hear how the perfect woman who made me this incredible creature this little goddess fairy yes who i love so much no so how do you want to end this you're gonna have to do it (laughs) (laughs) well thank you mama for letting your heart out and um i think this was my my favorite episode yet because it was the most honest well, thank you for letting me be a part of it. The needs more, more souls like you. I and you. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in everyone because I compare <laughs> the love oh. to you, your smothering love. Yes. Well, I feel the same way about you. You want to have a sweaty hug? Yeah, let's do All it. Right, let's off sweaty, snotty hug. Say bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye. Lots of love. Lots of love.